Welcome to our opinion. This is Sarah Tova Best. Parsha Sevarim. Parsha Sevarim is, and we're just before Shabbat Chazayim, and it's obviously a dual reality, and we want to explore the idea of dual realities in general. Meaning, is it dark? Is it light? Everything, because we're at a time now in history where everything different, chaotic, um, we really need to see what Tyra is telling us to have a sense of what to think, essentially. So um, I'm going to just start by saying, and this is clearly going to connect to Shabbos Kozain somehow, and Devarim. Um, I just went for a walk in small-town America and on the streets of what I call small-town America. It was very interesting, and I must say, small-town America is very different from small-town Canada. And so I'm used to small-town Quebec, Hébert, tous les gens dans la rue, là. Small-town Canada is quite a different place from 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 small-town America. I would say small-town Quebec, là, is a, a place that doesn't work very hard on their sneers. Let's just say that. Uh, maybe they have other qualities. They... Small-town Quebec, they're not very careful with uh, their speech being modest, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, small-town America seems a little more tame. So, and yet small-town America is now going through a crisis. So what's that all about? And clearly that's going to have everything to do with Shabbat Chazayim. So um, the fact is that we wait for Mashiach every day, and especially in this time, we said, according to all the signs of Geula, this is it. This is it. We're on the way to the base. I mean, just the, the first and second Batei Mikdash were destroyed. So at the same time as they were destroyed, the third one was being built. So um, we, in truth, Taira tells us, there's no such thing as plain destruction. Rather, the destruction is always um, a means to a building. Or, in fact, it really is at this point in time. The destruction really is the building itself. So, um, and in the, and it's a minhag that we call the month of Av, Menachem Av. Av is a pretty awful month when there's the destruction of the base in English, and that begins the dollars. And yet we call it Menachem Av. So, um, one of the things about the day of Tishabav is you leave Malta Mashiacha. Hmm. So, the fact is, um, base in English destroys, Mashiach is born. Well, That's an interesting time to be born. Think about it. If Mashiach is going to be born, which day would he pick? You know, some kind of a really happy day. He's bringing in happy days are here. And so he's, you would think that he would bring a ha- pick a happy day that would be a young Masubal. And, of course, he picks Hashem picks for the birth of Mashiach, the saddest day, the toughest day of the whole year. So... Um, 
And the Indian expresses itself um, every single year on Tishabalik. He's born again and again and again. And the energy of Mashiach is born again and again. Because on the day of somebody's birth, his mazel is strong. So the mazel of Mashiach is strong on the day of Tishabalik. And what is his mazel? What is his whole advice? What does he do? He brings the rule of Mitzvah so that means that we're just now, we're about to start the nine days, and we're about to go into Shabbat Chazayim, and we're going to see this space in English, and we're going to see the light before the darkness. That means that, that the base of Nigdash that will be built, we get to see it in a sense before it's even built. And it's actually even Nagayan Halacha, if we say Tzilat Nachim on Tishabav, because that's the moment of the birth. So, so in that particular year, um, Tishabav came out on Shabbos, the year that the Sikha said. But the question is, when Tishabav comes out on Shabbos, it really is, it's really expressing to us what Tishabav is all about. Tishabah is a fast day. It's a bad day, but it's a good day, but it's a bad day, but it's a good day. And again, the energy in the world now is very awful. It's very good. It's very awful. It's very good. It's very awful. It's very good. It's very awful. It's very good. Last night I was on a, listening to a, a Zoom for Bringing with Rabbi Jacobson, and somebody wrote in, and this is Nagea to the idea of Tishabah. Is it bad? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it good? I don't want I don't want to take his speech away from him, but somebody wrote in about anti-Semitism and how it's getting so scary, and we've never seen anything like this uh, in the past since the Holocaust, and it gets crazier and crazier, and nobody stands up and objects, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And what do we do? Where do we run? What do we do? And thank God, it was it's very encouraging to see that all the speakers, the speakers that I listen to have a very strong positive message because there's a whole other side to the chaos that's going on. The darkness, the tish above darkness that we see descending into the world, it has a whole other quality. There are those people who could say that we are really living in Eric Tishbub now. That we're really living in a situation where the darkness is increasing and increasing and you're seeing total destruction. Tishbub. And at the same time, Binyan based on English. And thank God for our teachers and our, you know, our Mashpians to keep us strong to show us a different side. For well, one thing, the Al Shimoni that said, when the world comes to this state of running around, where should we go? What should we do? And everyone is in panic. We have to know that Hashem says to us, all of this I've done for you and I'm doing for you. Don't be afraid. So when it's dark, it's really light. When the base of Mesa seems to be destroyed, Mashiach is born. And Mashiach stands on the rooftop of the base of Mesa and tells us, don't be afraid, and this is all for you. The time of your redemption has come. So Rabbi Jacobson was telling us that there comes a moment in time where this is your moment. This is your moment. He told a very powerful story, and I don't want to take away from his sheer, but he told a very powerful story that there was a head doctor in one of the hospitals 
and she was when in New York, New York State, when the virus was in, you know, fully doing its, his, it on its path, doing what it did, and the hospitals were overwhelmed, and it was crazy in the hospitals. And someone interviewed this doctor and asked her, how do you deal with it? She's the head doctor, so many decisions. No one knew what they were doing. So much darkness was increasing in the world, in the medical system, in the hospitals, everywhere. And they asked her, what do you, what, what do you say? And she said, all of my years of training were for this moment. All of my years of training were, were for this moment. So he was saying, each Jew has to look at themselves and say, at this moment, with all the chaos and all the darkness and all the craziness in the world now, all of my years of training and all of Jewish history was training for this moment. This is your hour. Stand up and teach the world. Truth. Stand up for truth. And maybe we could say the world is angry because they want truth. Because they want real truth. And we're the ones to give it to them. Don't be afraid now. Now is not the moment to be afraid. Now is the moment to see the darkness and seize the opportunity and bring truth and light into the world, although it seems scary. So when Tishaba, so Tishaba is that darkness, and Tishaba on Shabbos is that light. So the fact is this year Tishabov doesn't come out on Shabbos, but it's as if because Tishabov is always in a sense a Shabbosic energy. The, and what we're moving towards is the ultimate Tishabov when we will eat and drink and have all the milas of Tishabov, all the light, all the Mashiach energy without any of the darkness. The fact is the Tishabav is intrinsically connected with Yom Kippur because all the four fasts are Midarabanam. They have a connection and they come from Yom Kippur, which comes from the Tyra. And so, um, among the fasts, Tishabav is really the one that's the most similar to Yom Kippur. Okay. We could see a whole lot of differences on Tishabav, you know, you drive around, you do this, you do that on Yom Kippur, you know, very, very careful what we do, but both are fasting. Of course, they're both 25-hour fasts. Is that it? But really, why is Tishabav connected to, 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 to Yom Kippur? So the fact is that Tishabav is connected. Tishabav has two partners. It has a partner called Tubav. Tishabav and the 15th of us. They're partners. Okay? That's a tikkun for everything that was done wrong on Tishabav. Okay? Tishabav has another partner. It's called Yom Kippur. And so, and it says, There were no Yom Taibim or the Yidden like the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. So here you go. Tishabav has its two cousins, sisters, whatever you want to call them. 15th, it has one cousin, 15th of Av, or one, one sister, 15th of Av, another sister, Yom Kippur. So what is that all about? So what's Tisha Bav about? Time of Mashiach being born? 
right, during Gullus that's all concealed. And we see that. The machine, the Geula is being born in these seconds. The minute that the riots began in the streets of America, while we had just rolled up the Sefer Torah, put away the Sefer Torah in the Aaron Kaidish, after saying, hearing the Aseris of Dibras, no one can not marvel at the timing of this that Hashem did. In the year Tafshin Samach, we receive the Tyra and boom, the world goes into chaos. We have to take it seriously. It's huge. Not seriously as we're so bad, we're so bad, we're so bad. Seriously in terms of, oh my goodness, upgrade. Sure doesn't look like an upgrade. Don't worry, it's an upgrade. And when we look into Tishabov, it's going to give us some information into how that could possibly be an upgrade. Of course, as we're saying, Tishabov, time of Mashiach being born, that's an upgrade. But concealed, yeah, that's what we're feeling now. On the 15th of Av, the fact that Mashiach is born is visible on the 15th of Av. And you have the full moon and and... All the things we'll talk about when we come to the 15th of Av. This means of Av is a very luminous day. Tisha B'Av seems to be a very dark day. Six days after Tisha B'Av, yeah, six and nine and six is 15, yes. Six days after Tisha B'Av, the deep concealment, the geula that's hidden in Tisha B'Av already comes out on the 15th of Av. The, the the inner good comes out. What we want to do now, sorry, and um, okay. I, I uh, have a little trouble finding pages here because they're double sided. Don't do double sided papers. It's always um, here we go. If there weren't, it says, There were no Yemen Tizen for the Yidden, like the 15th of Av. Six days after Tisha B'Av, so quickly, it all turns around. The biggest Yemen the six days later. Seriously, guys? It says the destruction of the base of English. You're already singing and dancing? Yes. Because what is shining on the 15th of Av? The revelation of the future that never ends. The luminous revelation of the future, which never ends. And what's the revelation of the future? Building the base of Mesos. So, boom. Quick as, quick as a wink. Destruction and then boom. It starts to be built. It really starts to be built at the moment of destruction. This is something that we want to start to, to tune into. And I'm really speaking to myself very much. When, God forbid, the darkness begins, whether it's, um, God forbid, true darkness, nobody should have true darkness, or what I call middle-class darkness, which fake problems. If Trump can talk about fake news, I can talk about fake problems. 
you know, middle class problems, uh, you know. Thank God many of us have been like to grow up with middle class problems. You know, the uh, the air conditioning doesn't work in my car and I have to get it fixed. That's a middle class problem, quite honestly. <laughs> but but we feel it very intensely. It, it's quite it's it's not funny if it's a hundred degrees and you're driving for six hours and there is no no air conditioning. We on the other hand we want we want to keep it in perspective. So those middle class problems, I think that Hashem designed them to feel them as real struggles. Each one on his own. And we, you know, it, it, it feels like a darkness. It feels like a struggle. So, as soon, in the middle of this darkness, there you go, you know, I'm on an eight-hour trip. The air conditioning broke. Static, adjust headset. Excuse me? Static, adjust headset. Okay. Okay. Sorry, going back to our middle class problems. So we experience them as quite a, as a struggle. That's the fact. And we don't, we don't even want to make fun of people who, <laughs> I'm one of them, <laughs> who experience that as a struggle. It's, it's actually not funny if it's 105 degrees and you don't have air conditioning. So, but the interesting thing is what we want to do is since the truism is, but the moment the darkness begins, that is the moment that the light begins. Oh, goodness. Well, how about if I can figure out a way to experience it and feel it right away? The moment the air conditioning breaks, and it is an eight-hour trip, and there is no place to stop on the highway to get it fixed, and it is 105 degrees, could I find a way to experience the light in that? Not only, oh, Hashem wants me to struggle, but... Could I experience it fixed? You know, at some point down the line, it will be fixed, and it will be a nice, cool car and a cool trip. Can I experience the cool trip right now as soon as it breaks and it becomes very hot in the car? Can I pull the future into the present? So here we have these two sisters, kind of, Tish above and the 15th above, the fifteenth above is the future being pulled into the presence of Tishabhav. Tishabhav is a reality in which it's dark and it's light, but you don't see the light. You only see the dark. Fifteenth above is you see the light that was in the dark, but you couldn't see it. And you get to see it six days later. Six days later is pretty good. But we're in a place now of instance. We want to see the light immediately. Because the fact is, Tishabov is immediately, within a split second, even less. The cow moved, the, the, the person who heard his cow moo at the time of the Corbin said, the Jews' base in English was just destroyed. Their holy temple was just destroyed. His cow mooed again. He said, their redeemer was just born. Instantaneous. So if it's instantaneous in its order, we want to experience it instantaneously. Feel the light as soon as the darkness starts. And then eradicate the darkness that way. And so the greatness of the Yom of the 15th above, is connected to Yom Kippur. Why? Because it's the energy of one. One, 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 one. Stem cell. In a, a stem, why is a stem cell useful for surgery? 
and for all kinds of medical things. Why can it heal almost anything? Because it is an energy of, it's a generic energy of oneness. One stem cell can do an enormous amount. We understand that from Lahavdil, can't say Lahavdil, from the virus. One little virus particle can do what it does. You know, as Rabbi Jason said, a cough, a sneeze, a sneeze in Wuhan changed the whole world. One guy sneezed in Wuhan, the whole world changed. Or there you go, so one person does a mitzvah, changes the whole world. The energy of oneness, the stem cell that he used, that generic cell that has all infinite potential in that one little cell. And therefore it has dark and it has light. So choose the light part. That's Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is that stem cell. Achas Bashana. One time, one day of the year, one place, the Kredish uh, Kedashim, one person, the Kredim Gadol, one moment, we're all one, the energy of one, one with Hashem, the Mizbeach of the golden Mizbeach of the Kataris, one Amma by one Amma. Everything about the day of Yom Kippur is one, 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 one. One stem cell, one stem cell energy that can heal everything. The 15th above is compared to that, is sisters with that. So it's also one stem cell. It's connected with the revelation of Yehida, Mashiach, who's the level of one, oneness. And so also, here's some fancy words. You have the Aliyah of Malchus the Pneumis Atik. How's that? You have the elevation, don't get scared, of Pneumis Atik. What is Pneumis Atik? That very, very high, deep level where it's one and sweet, very sweet. Pneumis Atik, delicious, sweet, yummy, amazing. That is something that is in the future. Get ready, guys, because the yummy, sweet, delicious, calorie-free, beautiful, incredible sweetness of the place called Paninius Attic is just waiting for us to take. It's the energy of the future. Connected with the base of English. You have a sweet tooth? Well, get ready. And this is no, no cavities and no calories from this sweetness. Uh-huh. It's real sweetness. So that becomes available on Yom Kippur and on the 15th of Av and really on Tisha B'Av. But on Tisha B'Av, it's a little harder to see, much harder to see. Our job is to figure out how to see it when it's there. If it's there, do I have to wait? If I don't order a package on Amazon, I don't want to be told that it's arriving in three days. I want it now, hence the drone. Bring it to me in the next five minutes. You know, I want my water purifier. I want to have purified water in five minutes. Oh, here comes the drone. But <laughs> that's the energy right here, right now. One, 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 one. I want the energy of the base of me just right here. And then when we come to the end of the seven weeks of Nechama after Kishabov and Rosh Hashanah, we come to Rosh Hashanah, which concludes, which, which culminates with Yom Kippur, the Shlemus, the completion of Rosh Hashanah is Yom Kippur, um, which is 
Phineas, the level of Phineas, that yummy, sweet Phineas place. And Yom Kippur is not only that, it's a wedding day. It's Matantaira. Yom Chasunasa is the Matantaira. It is the Matantaira and the wedding day of the second Lopez. Sweet, delicious, joyous. And really, it's the end of the 40 days that Meisher Bain was up on Harsina begging for us, our relationship to be repaired with Hashem, etc. So when it comes to Kishabav, and we see the beauty in Kishabav, because, let's say, Kishabav is pushed off and it's not a fast day because it comes out on Shabbos, or we come to the 15th of Av, all the deliciousness is there. We want to know um, the connection. We want to know in a little deeper way, if Kishabav is a juicy, delicious day, that feels really awful. If somebody approaches you on Tishabov this year, well, please God, it'll be Gula. Tishabov last year. Let's say it's three o'clock already, you know, you're just deep in the middle of the fast. Maybe some people have a headache, etc. And people ask you, so how, 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 how's Tishabov in the fast? Juicy and delicious. Not everybody feels that it's juicy and delicious. On the level of Phineas, it's juicy and delicious. One of the things it doesn't feel is juicy because no water, nothing to drink. And delicious, also not. Now, by the way, I'm just going to tell you that when I first came to Chabad, and I remember that I grew up with um, the word gishmak, meaning delicious, referring only to food. I really had never heard of the word delicious being used in any other context. Geschmack, ah, geschmack, good piece of seven-layer cake, geschmack, delicious, incredible cake. Here I come, and people are saying, ah, oh, such a geschmack in the kudda, a, a concept that's geschmack, that's delicious. I thought, this is so strange. How do they call a concept delicious? Delicious is food. Concept is interesting. Idea is interesting. Food is delicious. Ideas are interesting. How do they mix and match? They said, this idea is delicious. Delicious. So I thought, either these people are very strange, or there's more to life than I knew about when I was growing up. And guess what? There is. And there's, let's just say that whatever we know about life now is wrong. (laughs) There's more to life than we know as we're growing up. We're all in the process of growing up. There is more to life than we know. The concept of delicious, really, its secondary application is about food. Wow. So how was the ice cream sundae? Wow, amazing, geschmack, delicious, incredible. That's not its truth. That's not where it's really applied. An idea in Tyra and in Phineas of Tyra, in truth, as I thank God discovered over the past four years, 40 years, is very delicious. That's the real delicious. The food is good, but the over truths are delicious because it hits 
not because, but, and by the way, it hits a spot in your soul and even in your animal soul that just feels like, oh, that first sip of hot coffee on a freezing cold day when you're stressed and then you finally get to sit down somewhere and just, Somebody brings you this delicious latte and you're freezing and they give you whatever, or hot coffee or hot chocolate, whatever it is, and that first delicious sip of, ah. That's the sweetness of the concept in Tyra, geschmack. So we're saying on Tisha B'Av, you're not going to say juicy and delicious. But in truth, because it's tuning into Paninus and maybe Paninus Attic, Pinyasatik is the revelation of Gaula, and the Gaula is there in Tishabov. It is delicious and juicy, Tishabov. Okay, my digestive system isn't agreeing. Okay, take a nap. But in truth, my soul is saying, wow, wow, I waited for this day. But I waited for this day as it's supposed to be. I'm tuning into the light of this day. So, um, since we wait for Mashiach every day, we understand let's see what, if we're waiting for Mashiach every day, let's see what it has to do with the times that we're in now. Because, again, we are approaching Shabbos Chazayim. When we see this space of music that is being built after the destruction a few days later, and then a few days later you have the revelation, there's all this stuff happening at the same time. So let's look into the time that we're in, and it will give us some kind of insight. Um um, three weeks. Three weeks. We're in exactly three weeks. And in these three weeks, three is a really important number. Three here, we're going to say, many things to say about three. Three corresponds to the Gimel Meichen. What is Gimel Meichen? Three levels of your mind. Chachma Bina Das. First, you sort of get a flash of an idea. Then you kind of, then you flesh it out. And then it becomes yours. Three. If we're in three weeks, we need to get used to this concept of the darkness is the light. I hear you. I kind of hear it. But I I don't quite get it. The second step would be, of the three, I flesh it out and I get more information about it, which is what we're doing now. And eventually the third step will be, I got it. And this concept becomes mine. And then I start to live that way, which is what I was talking about at the beginning. Is there a way that we can live Tishabov a whole year, being Tishabov being the destruction and then and at the same time the birth of Mashiach? Now, some people would say, you're going to pick a day to live, so pick Tishabov. Pick uh, Shavuot. Well, not this year. This year, Shavuos became Tishabov, didn't it? Isn't that interesting? In the year Tafshin Samach, which our Rav said is, the, I have to listen to this year. She said, for some reason, it's the Gematria of I don't know. 
you know, all doctors, all medics, all this, all that, all everybody says, we don't know. It's kind of a joke. In this year, Shavuot, which we would say, ah, that's the happiest day of the year. It's just such a nice day. You're not, you know, it's a nice yuntus and you're seeing the Tyra and you don't have all the work that you had to do on Pesach and it's nice weather and, and they used to go up to the base of Migdash or Shavuot and it's just nice and you eat nice food and the cheesecake and the blintzes. It's just a nice holiday. So if we're going to pick a day that we say, I want to live this holiday the whole year, I would pick Shavuot. I wouldn't pick Shishabot. Well, folks, Good morning, good morning. Guess what happened this year? Shavuos became Tishaba. At the second, as we are, but except backwards, as we are receiving the Tyra, ah, and we feel Mashiach is coming, it was so beautiful. We all on our porch, Minyanim, and it was just stunning. Such a beautiful affair to Bryce. We were coming out of our houses a bit, we were in our homes. For 11 weeks, and now we earned our receiving of the Tyra by sitting in our homes for 11 weeks and upgrading and, and beautiful. And then a minute later, chaos in the world. The day before, a nice world, quiet, quiet. And then it erupts into chaos. This is Tishabub Tisha backwards. Tishabub is darkness, and a second later, it's total light. Shavuot this year was nice light, and then a moment later, darkness. So backwards, but Tishabot. So if, if I'm going to pick a Yuntif to live, I'll pick Tishabot. It's dark, and then it turns to light. Why do I have to pick such a day? Because the fact is we still struggle with some level of darkness. Rahman is one. So we need to, we can't just walk away, ignore it, don't deal with it. But we need to, at the same time, understand that when we are in the struggle, the faster we can redo it and reframe it, and not only reframe it so we feel better about it, but literally turn it around so that the darkness in the world literally turns to light. We have that power now. This is the power of Tishabov. So Tishabov is in the three weeks. And the three weeks are, as we said, connected to the Gimel Maifin, Chachma Bina Das. Boom. You have an idea. Hmm. A flash. Two. You flesh it out. What we're doing now, we're learning about. Three. It becomes yours. I learn to turn the struggle into light, and it becomes my my basic way. Please God. That's the third step. That's the way it's going to be in Geula. But in Google, it's going to go one, two, three. Immediately, in one shot, it becomes yours. So, so, um, and it will be when we conquer all ten lands. In addition to the seven lands, seven lands of Eretz Israel, the seven lands of Canaani and Fuzi and Girgashi and all of those seven lands, those seven lands correspond to the seven midas, you know, chesed, word, deferis, how you, you know, your midas, how you are emotionally, seven different kinds of emotions that guide your life. At the, those seven have been conquered. They belong to us. We have spent all these years conquering our midas, becoming mentioned. There, the three levels of our mind correspond to three lands. 
Shane, he can use the Kadmaini. So the the revelation of the Gimel Maisen, in other words, these three lands, these three intellectual concepts of how to approach life, this comes after a concealment. And so what does it have to do with the Parshas in the three weeks? Parshas Pinchas, Matis Matai, and Zavaram. What's the, what connects all of them? They all deal with dividing up Eretz Yisrael. Parshas Pinchas, the land will be divided with the Gairo. Parshas Matai, B'nai Gad and Ruvain, etc., are given a portion on the other side of the land, of the river. Parshas Matai, Zaisa Arutasher, Tipolachem, this is the land, speaking about the land, Nakla. About this Matai, we're journeying to the land. And Parshas Dvarim is turn and go to Haran Mari. The Okol Shifnos Eretz Eknani Velavana Adnara Gadol Naharpas. Hashem says, I am giving you the land. Go Rishu. Come and inherit the land. All these three parshas are about inheriting, coming to and inheriting the land. Inheriting the world. It's your world. The world is re- waiting for you to take it over in the name of holiness. And at the end of the Parsha, conquering the land of Sichon and Aik and giving it to B'nai Gad and Ruben. So we're in three weeks that have the energy of three, and we want to live in that energy of three. A flash of an idea, flesh it out, and then make it yours. You start to live it. Your brain becomes completely transformed through Tyra, and you start to live it. Um, so in these three weeks, we're reading these three parshas that are all about inheriting the land. It's not just telling us about it. It is inheriting the land, inheriting the world, taking over the world, conquering the world for Hashem. In this, as we said, in the stages of three. What does that mean for us? It means the Avaita of Mahfer to throw. Conquer the world. And make conquer the world of Canaan. If you find yourself walking in small town America, or then small town Quebec, which is quite grungy, Please excuse me. I don't know if there are any Quebecois on the phone. But small town Quebec law, that's a Quebec law, it's quite uh, quite uh, not so moral. Not very moral. No, no, no. So our job is to take that's a Quebec law, small town Quebec law, and turn it into Eric's row. Or small town America. And turn it into Eric's row. Mock Eric's row. Make it into a place for a shed. In thought, speech, and deed, as a preparation to the entire Eretz Yisrael filling up the whole world. And so we'll end off with this. The union of the revelation of Mashiach on Tishabav, as it's connected with the Avaita of Eretz Yisrael, is even more emphasized when it comes to the seal of Mincha of Shabbat Tishabav, of Parshatah Eshmanim. Because Tyra is eternal. Tyra is a lesson. 
everything in the, all of the lessons in Tyra are there for us eternally forever. So there's a question. What is the eternal lesson of the Etzen and El Hashem? Hashem. Maishu Benu is begging and pleading with Hashem. Let me go there to Israel. And it didn't see, it seems that it didn't happen. So what is that? What is the eternal lesson for us? That Maishu Benu is begging to go into Israel and he can't go? Hmm. Something too, uh, inspiring. And the answer is, it's understood that the feel of Maishu Benu remains powerfully strong all through the generations. And the tefillah of every single tzaddik, tzaddik geyser of Hashem, and the tefillah of Meishar that even the deed of Meishar is eternal, and, especially, and how much more so his, his tefillah, his request. And, and how many times did he, Davin, did he ask to go in? Tuf, kuf, tesvav, the esanon, tefillah. It's a lot of time. And if we were Zaycha, the Tzil of Meishur would have worked. We would have been in Eretz as well. We would have had the base of English permanently, Geula, permanent, this is it. So we're still kind of on the road to getting this. For different reasons, it didn't happen at that moment. But it's a Tzil of Meishur and it still holds, and he is bringing it about. So it comes out that the Tzil of Meishur exists all the time. And therefore, we understand what it means for us, and we're going to end off with this. Maishar Benu began his tefillah saying, There was a gezeira, and nonetheless, the connection with the land of Israel, Maishar Benu would not let up. Maishar Benu said, I learned, you know, to ask and ask and ask, to ask for the right thing, to ask for something that is the ultimate truth, we do not stop asking. We're talking about going into Eretz Yisrael. We're talking about the Gula. Even though he knew, Maishu Benu knew about the Gezerah, but he did everything necessary, and he asked for it, and he daven, and again, and again, and again, took top cook, test balls, And so, what is... And after all of this, Hashem said, no, don't continue to ask me. It's a suffix gobble, it's Maishar so to speak. Um, listen to that. But rather, because Maishar Beinu said, whatever your, your balabayas tells you to do, you have to do it, unless he tells you to leave. So, if he says, leave my land, no, that one I can't do. And so, Maishar Bini was Maishar Nefer, she understood. But Hashem is telling him, for your connection with truth and your connection with your homeland, that you don't give up on. You continue to ask me. That becomes the core of everything. Which, by the way, and just to end this off, would explain why anybody who has a feeling that they need to be grounded a lot. They need to be connected to wherever they are. You know, they can't just split around. But even though we're wandering Jews, that feeling that we need to feel settled wherever we go. When we were in the Midbar, even if we stayed somewhere overnight, we'd put down our tent and set everything up and, you know, little picket fence. We'd have a picket fence. We need to feel settled wherever we are. 
ah, here I am. You know, pull out the herring and the and the all the you know pull out the knishes and and the coffee and make yourself a little you know a little place. It's got to be. We have to feel settled wherever we are. As we saw on the news when that Jewish fellow went around in New York and he said, Mayor De Blasio, I'm opening the park. I'm, I'm, I got somebody to open. I'm opening the park. Come to my house. Come and get me. Come and get the vote. You have to let children go into the park. You let everybody demonstrate on the street without, without any social distancing. You have to let children be in the park. Then no social distance. And what did he say? He said, come to my house. Come, come to me. And, and, and come get the lock if you want. And when you come to my house, I'll make you chicken cutlets. It's so Jewish. I'll make you chicken cutlets. Like, balabakish. Don't just come to my house and bring the cops. God forbid, bring the police. Come to my house, I'll make you chicken cutlets. We'll be balabakish. We'll feel Hamish. Even if you come to my house, even if you're my opponent, and you come to my house for five minutes, and you have a complaint to me, an illegal complaint to me, I'm going to make you chicken cutlets, make you feel at home, sit down, have a little piece of something to eat. That grounding issue of being settled wherever we go, pull out the sandwiches, you know, sit down in the middle of the highway because the cars are all stuck. And you start pulling out the gefilte fish and the crane, whatever it is, the hard-boiled eggs and the bananas. First, sit down and have a little to eat. We need to ground ourselves. We need to feel settled because that is our avaida. Grounding ourselves in the world. Meisher Benu said, Hashem, I'm going to just keep referring to this. I'm going to Eretz Yisrael. We need to be grounded and connected in the real place, in our real home. And and um, But Tyra tells us that Meshur Benu could have pulled strings and he really could have pushed Hashem. He asked again and again and again. Surely he, he you know, a Sadik is Geyser, he could have somehow pushed it through to get into Israel. But Meshur Benu is a Raya Neman. He will not go without us. He will not just take care of himself and leave us behind. He will not go home and leave us alone out in the wilderness. He'll take us with him wherever he goes. And Maishur Dini does take us with him wherever he goes. And he creates a homey atmosphere wherever he goes and makes it available for us to feel at home somehow, wherever we go, temporarily. But here he was pushing for us to be in the real home all together, all of us to go. And so his request remains in the three weeks. It stands eternally. He's giving us, it's almost, it almost seems like when he's asking again and again and again, he's, he's not asking for himself. He's infusing us with that burning request. He wants us to feel the passion of what he, in Parshas the Esthanam, 
of what he was begging for, for us to do the same thing. That we can't satisfy ourselves with being home in small town America or Latu Quebec or, or, you know, uh, Nova Scotia or whatever it is, uh, Moose Jaw, Manitoba or any of those places. We need our real home. And he's infusing us with that fire that we need our real home. And so surely, he is going to bring us, by inspiring us with that fire to demand our real home and to do what we need to do to make the world into that real home. It's not just go home, let's leave behind small town America and that to Quebec and Moose Jaw, Manitoba. No. We're going to make La Quebec into, uh, what's the name? There's a town in northern Quebec called something, Minnehaha or something. I forget. Some strange, strange, lot, 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 lot of strange town, town names. All of these towns, La Quebec and Moose Jaw, Manitoba and small town, you know, Monticello, New York, small town America, they need to be turned into Eritrea by us. And then we are home in Eritrea, and I guess even we can go to the real Eritrea. Once we've turned every small town America, Canada, place in the world into Eritrea. So as we approach Shabbos Chazayim, when we're going to see the base of Mezush, which is the catalyst, it's the pinnacle, it's the crown in the jewel of Eretz Yisrael. Of the third base of Mezush is the jewel in the crown of Eretz Yisrael, which is spread out to include the entire world that we made. An Eretz Yisrael that we built with our own hands by living in different places of the world and making those places holy and inspiring the nations with the Sheva Mitzvahs teaching them the Sheva Mitzvahs now, now that they're in need of truth, through this, surely, we'll find ourselves, this Shabbat Kazayim, not only seeing a vision of the Beis HaMezish, but seeing the real Beis HaMezish and being there forever and ever in the Gula Mitzvah Shalimah.